Welcome to the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit, the number one place for inspiration to help you start, run, or grow a winning business. I'm Johnny Quirk, and each week we bring you some amazing guests from a wide variety of businesses, all talking about their journey, motivations, and top tips for entrepreneur success. We deliberately aim to bring you stories, interviews, and real people who are fully deep in the trenches, building their businesses, and sharing actionable insights that you can use for your own entrepreneurial business journey. So whatever you're building, we're excited to be part of that journey with you. If you like what we do, don't forget to subscribe, and let's get on with the show. So today on the show, I'm delighted to say that we have Arman Ahmed from Music for Pets. Um, Arman, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for having, having No problem me. at all. It's uh, great to have you here. So um, relax my cat, relax my dog. Um, you know, I've, I've heard your business explained being the Netflix of pets. In your own words, tell us exactly what it is you do and, you know, please describe your business. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's just um, it's relaxing music and TV for cats and dogs. Um, we uh, created it about eight years ago, created all the content based on our own research. It was a slow... Uh, growth in terms of kind of where we got to but um, as we grew and as we expanded uh, things just yeah got kind of got better from there so where are we now um, yeah we're basically the Netflix for pets and yeah. we create uh, we now have about what is it 2020 about 42 million pets around the world consume content on our brand which is insane that is that is quite incredible and i am going to throw out some stats at you later on so you'll have to tell me whether i'm there they're just massively out of date or if you're absolutely kind of ripping those apart already but you know i think um i'm right in thinking (laughs) that you know your business you built it off the back of say youtube success is that right and um you know are there any other platforms that you currently use uh, to differentiate your offering and Probably who's your kind of like most popular customers in what countries? I'm just interested to get a breakdown of the platform you use and also obviously where your customers are. Hmm. Yeah, so um, yeah, I guess we're kind of looking around 2012-11 when YouTube introduced its monetization program yeah. and uh, and obviously was growing. So yeah, uh, that helped us accelerate. Then we branched out to Spotify and Apple Music and uh, like maybe 25 30 other music streaming services. Um, so we distribute through there. And um, then uh, we also created our own subscription platform yeah. where we allow people to consume content ad-free um, and it's more tailored content towards them. Uh, so yeah, that's it. That, those are three core platforms, obviously, the usual social media platforms for promotion. Yeah. But um that's kind of where we are. We're just keeping it very targeted and growing very high, growing highly uh, on on those areas. And I think uh, we've been friends for many years, and you know we used to work in the same co-working space. Just for, you know to to put it out there, be completely transparent <laughs> about our call today. Um, but I think it's quite interesting in terms yeah. of you know you're always on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn saying, "Hey, we had some great coverage in Colombia, or we had some great coverage here, whatever." Yeah, it's an incredible story what you've built that's kind of gone all around the world. You know, it must shock you some days, like when that kind of comes in. Are there certain markets which obviously have really taken to it, which have really surprised you? Or, you know, which are those kind of strongest markets you currently feel that, you know, is really popular for you? Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Obviously, I just realized that that links into your first the question previously. 
forgot to answer. Um, That's all right. So yeah, man. we have grown very quickly in America. Yeah. Um, and we're, our biggest audience is America. Yeah. But the, our fastest growing audience is South America. So generally Brazil, Mexico, uh, Colombia, Chile. Uh, we're just seeing big spikes there and we're getting a lot of organic press coverage there. Yeah. And then, you know, Australia and Asia uh, region is doing quite well. Uh, we're seeing growth in India um, and then Europe as well. But And then England uh, is one thing, but I think it's just um, the real excitement is, is Central and South America Yeah, uh, because we're just being talked about a lot in a very, very passionate way. And we love um, it. So and and I think to be honest, I, I'm, I'm very interested later on in the show to dig deep into how you actually obviously build this. But I'm just picking up on the word organic there. You know, we're going to explore this a little bit later on in terms of exactly how you've kind of generated, say, press interest as well. But you feel that maybe South America is, a, is, a, is organic, sustainable growth. You know, those guys are sharing it and, you know, those guys are, are really embracing what you're doing. Correct. Yeah. And what's what's happening is a lot of the big vets who are influencers in their own right and also yeah. contributors to big newspapers and magazines are talking about us, talking about us at their vet conferences, telling everyone it's just ridiculous, like how they're they're doing that. Like, for example, uh, there was a column in the biggest newspaper in Brazil yeah. and uh, the vet mentioned us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the the key thing is, like, I guess, when we grew the business, is just everything was focused on just genuinely caring and engaging with every single customer. Obviously, mm. it's not scalable to have a million conversations. Yeah. But the compound effect when you genuinely care about someone is they will go and tell at least five other people at yeah. least. And when they do, they'll do it in such an incredibly passionate way. And yeah. then you just grow from there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like we're always about encouraging new entrepreneurs here at Go Solo. You know, that's the reason we're doing this today. But I think that kind of real personal touch is so important when starting out growing a business. And I love what you just said then about how, you know, you've almost got these kind of, when you said influencers, you know, vets, they're a great way of actually being a real life influencer, mm. not just online, but for them to be able to start sharing it, almost be your ambassadors. That's an incredible thing. You know, I, I don't want to sound like we're fanboys here yeah. at Go Solo, but I chatted with our head of design uh, yesterday uh, and he's based in New York in Brooklyn. And he says, wow, you've got the music for Pets wow. Guy on. Like we use them for our dog, you know, to calm the dog's anxiety and stuff like that. I was like, don't worry, Patrick, I'll put a shout out for you on the show as that well. But you know, to actually have that stretch here, you know, he'd heard of you and the business, which was incredible, you know, when, when I said, obviously, we were chatting. So that's kind of a cool thing, man. And, and again, you know, he's a he's a big advocate of you as well. So I'm interested at this that's stage amazing. to dig a little bit. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> oh, no problem at all. I'm going to definitely make sure uh, that, that, you know, he knows that we talked about it. He'll be watching this video afterwards as well. So I'm really interested yeah, just in your... amazing. I'm just really interested in your background as well. So, you know... You've been an entrepreneur for a while now. Um, you know, has it been in the blood, you know, as an entrepreneur, or was it just something which really kind of, you know, you caught um, early on? I'm just interested to know maybe what your background is. You, do you come from an entrepreneurial family, or is it something you've just really kind of like taken to over the years? 
Yeah, I guess like I come from um, an entrepreneur family. Like you know, my granddad he owned a post office. Like all my uncles are entrepreneurs in their own right in some way. My dad, you know, started his own. Well, he got made redundant and then just kind of turned that what he was doing into like his own business. Um, So yeah, I guess I kind of come from an entrepreneurial background. Um, Like I've all, I always, always wanted to control my own future, my own destiny. Yeah. Um, And I think it was just, there was a lot of fear behind wanting to do it and the timing. Um, And it was just fear. That was it. That was holding me back. Yeah, what, what what did you do to kind of conquer that? Because, you know, I've been reading a few books recently and it's been about conviction and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, one of my questions was going to be like, you know, did you dive full on in when you decided to set up your first business or was it a gradual step? You know, did you see something, you know, as a side hustle? You know, I mean, you have adventures in the past. I'm aware of that myself, you know, and you've had different businesses but say for your first one, you know, did you think I'll have a full-time job and maybe run something as a side project? Or did you go, do you know what, if I'm going to do it, I feel confident enough to do it. I'm wondering how you got over that kind of confidence issue and like how did you really kind of get started? Yeah, so I think for me it was, there was fear and then also like frustration and it's a tipping point. Um so this was like 2008, 2009, I did an internship at Hewlett Packard mm. and I wanted to be a sales guy. I was working in some like boring, like data center management bullshit type <laughs> of thing. I don't know what it was, it was so boring. Yeah. And then uh, I saw all these guys rocking up in Porsches and I was like, oh, who are these guys? And, you know, there were salespeople and um, I thought, actually, I want to be a sales guy. Yeah. And then I saw like, the time and value you put in and, and all this stuff. And then, you know, after you get taxed, et cetera, et cetera, oh, wow, this is insane. But I remember having a sales mentor and um, he was actually trying to be an entrepreneur and he was the guy, he, and he was driving a Porsche. I was like, what you driving a Porsche? Yeah. And um, obviously it wasn't all what it was cracked up to be, but I, I owe it a lot to him. Like he, he told me about the book, the four hour work week. Yeah. And that was the so book sure. where I was like, okay, being an entrepreneur is actually very possible for such a small minimum fee yeah. uh, investment. And then I thought, okay, this is amazing. Like, I'm going to do this. And that's when I started like looking into little ventures, side hustles. I went back to uni and then I was in my final year of uni and I knew everything I was learning was bullshit. Six months into my dissertation, I was like, I really want to quit. I was so close to quitting, but what? Do you know what? Let's just work on my side hustle yeah. and um, just finish uni. I've done it for three and a half years. Um, and yeah, then from there, it was just, um, it, it was gradual steps. Like, you know, having side hustles, online things, having a bit of money coming in and just growing from there, growing from there. You know, then I got a graduate job. Well, I couldn't get a graduate job because no one wanted to hire me. So I, wor- I worked in sales as a recruitment consultant yeah and that's when the pain really kicked in because mm. i was like fuck a recruitment consultant like working so hard it just made no sense and then i looked at people around me that were like you know 25 and i was like maybe 24 at the time i was like shit you got you guys look like shit it's like 
yeah those wrinkles kicked in early <laughs> and um and then i just saw the level of stress and 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 how it was taken and then i think there was a there was a tipping point between pain and uh between pain and fear yeah and the pain of working in rec- recruitment became so much that the it was worth jump taking that jump yeah. you know the fear wasn't that bad um, and that's what, and I'm quite, I'm very glad for that experience. Like, you know, working as a recruitment consultant was amazing because it taught me a lot about life skills, mm. uh, but it just wasn't a scalable, like, yeah. job. And um, so that that was it. And I think I'm kind of glad for that experience because it can be so easy for you to get in a comfortable career and then realize you're 45 and be like, oh, shit, what have I done in my life? Yeah. Because you, you had a good career and you made good money, you had a good life and all that, and that's fine. But you, you'll hit that point of like, what have I done? Like, genuinely, what have I done? Like, what impact? So I'm kind of glad at the age of 24, I took that leap. Yeah. And, you know, at the time I was only making 500 quid a month. My job was make, paying me two, two, two grand a month. But I felt so grateful for that 500 quid a month because I knew that this was something... I was creating something of value where money was coming in for me and all I need to do is just turn it up a little bit and eventually I'll match my salary in recruitment and then eventually I'll beat it. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, mate. There is nothing like a kick up the ass than actually ending up in a job where you're just like, this is dreadful. You know, it's almost like the extra motivator, isn't it? If you needed a reminder that what is your existence on planet Earth for, then it's actually being in a crappy job you don't enjoy. Um that makes you think, right, you know, what can be worse than this, you know, because if you do go out there and try and it doesn't quite work out, then, you know, what, what's the worst that can happen? You know, you'll have to start again, but it's not like you're starting from an incredible job or millions in the bank that you've kind of, you know, splashed through as well. I'm interested as well in terms of some of your yeah. motivations. Like, you know, I know before Music for Pets has become a big success, but before that obviously you had another startup and you were quite far along that you know like you had a team you know like you had investment Mm -hmm. you know you were having some success there as well what was the how did you kind of almost dig yourself back out of that when that didn't you know get going how you thought it was going to do you know like like what what kind of motivated you to get kind of back on the horse and just say do you know what i feel like because you know as a as an entrepreneur you've got to get that fire in your belly you've got to feel like you're 100% committed and really, you know, driven to do it. You know, what what kind of made you kind of get back on it? You know, were there any, did, did you feel down after your, the last business didn't work out? You know, I'm just interested to know like what your, what your kind of emotions were at that point. So the last business was a huge learning experience because we had investors, advisors, co-founders, all this type of stuff. And um, it was... You know, it was doing really well actually in the, in the music space, and um, it was just very. I kind of felt like I was work. I wasn't, you know, I was working to manage politics and yeah. to manage my investors rather than building a business, and um, it was a very grateful experience because it allowed me to figure out what type of entrepreneur I wanted to be. Because and what and this goes back to the original question: before you start a business what life do you want hmm. do you want a life of where you want to be a ceo where you ipo and you work 100 hours a, a week or whatever you know you're like gary vaynerchuk because yeah. a lot of people want to <laughs> be like that and that's fine 
and um, I realized I don't want to be like that. I had to be honest with myself. Like, actually, I'm quite a lazy person. Like, <laughs> um, and then, you know, just mentally, I just don't want to be dealing with this shit, like raising yeah. money and, you know, eventually exiting and, and whatever. And I thought, hmm. And, you know, luckily that kind of all, well, you know, kind of fell apart. And then the biggest turning point was me. It's like, I went in, I went, I remember um, going into a meeting room and I just drew two paths. I thought, okay, if I continue with this business, I'll raise money, I'll exit, you know, I'll work like a dog. Yep. Or I take Relax My Dog and Relax My Cat, which was a side hustle, which was making 60,000 pounds a year at the time. Yeah. And I grew up to a business that makes over a million pounds a year. But I know it's 100% mine. It's all my control. I can do whatever the fuck I want with that money. I don't yeah. have to answer to anyone. And I know like a million pounds a year, if I compound it and make smart investments, you know, I'll have yeah. maybe 10 million pounds in a few years down the line. But I know I'll be comfortable rich rather than stressed rich. Yeah. So you kind of built it in like um, a sustainable way, you know, you, you feel like you've managed to build a sustainable business there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, correct. So I thought, oh, let me build something that's small, that's uh, kind of going to grow under the radar yep. and, uh, you know, put me in a good financial position. And, and when you're offered opportunities to scale, uh, I'm sure there must be ways when you think, oh, I could take on investment, I could you know, really crank up the volume, but it's going to maybe affect your work-life balance. You know, like how, how inside do you kind of, you know, almost resist that temptation or are you literally just like, look, I have it mapped out now. I'm going to create, you know, a great annual return revenue, you know, like, you know, get that ARR, MRR kind of like cranked up to full volume. Are you okay now in terms of like the roadmap for that? Are you, are you feeling happy with that? You don't sometimes think, oh, I could just take it to this next level. (laughs) I feel happy. So basically, it's very clear for me. I have three options. Like, I, I want firstly, I wanted to get a safety net, a financial. Yeah. Like, I wanted a seven-figure safety net, and um, I managed to like you know pass that into like maybe six months ago. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, in terms of the value of the business, I think the business is probably worth like fifteen million pounds now or something if I sell it. Yeah. Um, but there's, it's very simple. It's like, I'm going to continue growing and either if something happens and someone crushes me, the business will still make money. It yeah. might just decline slowly over time Yeah. and it will get me still to the wealth figure that I want to get to or I sell, but no fucking way am I taking money from an investor? Yeah. Straight up. Like they reach out to me. I'm like, these are my terms. Mm. And that's it. It's as simple as that. So either I sell the whole business, I'll grow it myself. But right now, there's no way I'm taking money from an investor. A, I don't need it. Um, Maybe if it allows me to sell part of my business and take money and put it into my bank account. Yeah. Then yeah. I'll probably consider that option. But not as a growth mechanism. You just literally, like you said, it's some way to have a partial exit for your hard work 
but means then that you can say bank that hard work and that kind of uh, money from the investment and then you can kind of grow it again still in a sustainable way as well correct yeah i'll have a partial exit a full exit yeah. but no growth funding in terms of um i need to answer to someone in board meetings yeah yeah i like i like this man you're bit... days are, those... <laughs> no i mean i think it's good to be honest those i think this is the truth. do you know what like something here at go solo you know um we're looking very much about how we can redefine entrepreneur success you know solo entrepreneur success and i think for some people who are maybe brand new to setting up a business or, you know, maybe they've still got a lot of fire in their belly that the right way to do it, like you said, is a Gary V hustle way or whatever. They must think that, you know, I've got to launch as fast as possible. I've got to raise as much money as and, you know, make as much noise as possible. But, you know, we're trying to help entrepreneurs look in a different way. You know, like what, what success mean to you? Mm. It's like, do you, like you said, do you want to be working a hundred hours a week? Or do you want to get to a point where you can maybe work 40 hours, but actually you've got a very strong kind of, you know, recurring revenue coming in. And that gives you time for that balance in life, you know, family occasions, whatever you kind of need to do with that. So it sounds like you've, uh, you know, when we next can meet up for a coffee or something in real life, I'm going to kind of just try and steal all of your secrets here to, to really build this kind of like, you know, recurring revenue <laughs> business or get you on the podcast again for another educational series because... You know, I think that is so important because it seems like <laughs> yeah. you've kind of won in that way that you've, like you said, a business that's worth you know, circa 15 million now, but it's making decent money, you know, really good money as a going concern. Plus you've got work-life balance. That to us is kind of how we're defining success right now. So we've kind of like yeah. touched on this really in terms of obviously like, you know, what you do on a day say and your motivations. But I'm interested, you know, for some of the solo entrepreneurs out there who are interested in opening up their business, just to try and get some kind of tips really about, you know, if they wanted to start, run or grow a business, how they would maybe go about it. So, you know, I'd be really interested just knowing like, you know, if somebody today, you know, and I, and I always ask this question of our guests, you know, if somebody today was going to start growing an audience, because, you know, we're always trying to explain to people you have to grow an audience first before you can really sell something. How would you go about kind of looking mm. to grow one? I mean, what would be your top tips if somebody literally had a blank piece of paper and they'd start out today where would they go to grow their audience and on what platforms would you say is probably the best to do it on it's difficult isn't it because like uh, i've not really looked at anything growing from scratch but depends i'd say probably tiktok is uh yeah. the best way to start like right now i get my all my uh advice for investing in stocks by following investors on TikTok, uh, right. rather than watching long, like 15 minute videos of like, you know, the top five stocks to invest in. Yeah. Get that in 60 seconds on TikTok. Um, I guess just, just the usual thing in terms of growing an audience, it's just, you have to put the work in, just engaging directly with people and not sending like copy and paste messages. Uh, yeah. You know, genuinely creating, engaging, uh, connections and if you can afford maybe outsource that and hire someone to do that um, yeah. and you know offer the best way to grow an audience is just offer something of value that no one else is doing um, from a content even, point like, of view know, genuine connection also yeah would you yeah, say from a content, content point of view, of view or yeah. just from a connection point of view yeah okay 
And like you, you kind of touched on this a minute ago when it was kind of like, you know, you said, you know, hire some people if you can do, you know, you in my mind are a very mm. successful solo entrepreneur, you know, and that's what we're trying to do in terms of encouraging solo entrepreneurs. But you say that you have a, you know, you've hired people in the past. You know, how big is the Music for Pets team? Like, you know, do you have a, you know, do, do you have a wide audience? I mean, obviously you're global, but I know that you do try and keep things fairly agile. You know, how, how big's the team and how do you identify kind of like the requirements you need? Yeah, so uh, I have a team of 15 people now. Um, right. But most of them are freelancers, so I just scale up and down where I need to scale up and down. Um, yeah. So... I think it's just knowing what what you want and just like, you know, I still use Upwork. I've been using Upwork, which was Elance, what, like 2008, yeah. 2009. I use all these freelancing websites. Yeah. And uh, when I'm looking for something, I just write a very detailed spec, step by step by step by step. And then, you know, just have an interview funnel, shortlist, etc. just hire them, set a deadline. And, and that's it. And if there's any disputes, it's easy to manage through Upwork anyway. You know, yeah. the, the people that you hire, their reputation is very important. So even now to this day, I'm just hiring people using Upwork most of the time. Um, I've kind of put a hiring freeze in terms of permanent staff in England because yeah. uh, purely from a business perspective, I don't want to grow something where unless... I hire more senior people in the business to manage that. But when you build a big team, you're going to have a bunch of HR challenges yeah. and that's just unnecessary stress. Whereas like for Upwork, it's like, this is the job. You either do it or you don't do it. Deliver it by this deadline and that's it. Like we don't need to yeah. talk until we do, until it's delivered. Simple as yeah. that. I mean, that's, so, I've, yeah. I've been a big fan of Upwork and freelancers. It for many years now I mean, and you know for me that is really important because you know it just can keep you agile and nimble you know there's a really good relationship can form between people who you'll use time and time again but it doesn't have to be something where you're trying to find you know what will fill 50 hours a week and you know build that into a long-term commitment and I think for something obviously like yourself which is fully remote pretty much I think it kind of like works out well um yeah. So I'm going to throw out some stats. I promise I was going to throw these stats at you. You can tell me exactly if I'm wrong here at the moment. But, you know, these are from your own website. So I want to know. So you've got 8 million monthly streams. Is that right still? I think it might be 10 or 12. I need to okay. check that. I'm going to get a job as like, updating your website. I think maybe this is a good idea. <laughs> and you've got 1.1 million fans yeah, all across yeah. the globe. And 150 million minutes streamed per month. You know, Surely you must pinch yourself, obviously, when you think of these numbers. But, you know, what kind of fuels that growth, like, month on month? Is it almost now that you're almost like a juggernaut, that you've built up a really great following and you're getting this, you know, because, and obviously YouTube algorithms and people subscribe and, you know, you have followers across social, but what's fueling the kind of further growth of this? Is it stuff which you have to do with your freelancers and work to actually, you know, constantly be churning out new ideas? Or are you almost now at a point where, you know, you're just seeing gradual growth over time because of all of the stuff that you've created in the past? Yeah, it's just kind of, um, I think a lot of it is gradual growth, but a lot of it is just kind of just the continuous same thing day on day, engaging with um, our fan base. But I think if you got, so going back to the stats, if you got them from the music for pets site, 
I yep. need to delete them because they're quite old. <laughs> um, but just to give you an idea, for for, for 2020, we had like, um, so Relax My Cat, Relax My Dog, we had about 42 million pets around the world consume content on our platform. And they have consumed in 12 months uh, 13,173 years of content in 12 months. Wow. Now we're going into years territory. Like, That's impressive. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, if you want it in hours, it's 115 million point four hours in one year. That's um, a lot of cats who are which cats is and dogs and then our, Exactly. Yeah, and then our views and streams. Is about, so basically, in 2020, we had 181 million views. Right. Okay. Uh, in in one year. Okay. So, well, that yeah, it's been massive for us. And, the, and like you said, you've you know you've put the work into building these assets. You know, I you know obviously I've used it for my cats myself in the past, and you know I'm looking around at you, some of your stuff on YouTube. You know, with millions of you know views, and you know these stuff was built you know two or three years ago. So I guess it's fairly evergreen that you're going to get people constantly rediscovering that kind of as well. Correct. Yeah. So. One thing I'm really interested in, and this is quite, you know, put it so when I typed in music for pets yesterday on Google, um, I saw a few things coming up on Google's front page to do with Spotify, to do with other potential competitors that have come to the fore over the years. And, you know, we're living in this kind of like world where there's a lot of consolidation going on at the moment. You know, there's big business, if you will do, you know, like Apple are offering Apple One. Peloton are trying to dominate the fitness market, you know, Spotify are doing all sorts of different things. You know, what do you, mm-hmm. do you see these guys as a, as a big threat to kind of like what you're doing right now? Or do you actually see this as almost they're opening up the category further for, you know, music and pet related services? You know, how, how are you competing and, and how do you feel about that? Um, so the Spotify pet playlist, I think last time I checked, was a complete flop. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I don't think it got anywhere. I tried it. I tried it uh, to experiment with the data. Yeah. And all it did was take music from my playlist and figure out what my dog likes. So right. create a playlist of Skepta, Tupac, Drake. <laughs> like, I'm sure that's not going to relax a dog. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, so that that was it. So it just took like uh, grime and uh, things like that. So in terms of like where we are right now, like I'm always worried. Yeah, always paranoid as an entrepreneur that uh, I can get crushed and that's yeah. fine. But right now from an SEO perspective, because we have a bunch of brands that we own yeah. and we send traffic to all of them and because yeah. we get loads of press coverage that gives us huge backlinks from an SEO perspective, like... Um, we seem to be doing quite well. We keep an eye on all the competitors. Uh, yeah. We see that a bunch of competitors try in the space and then they give up. In a sense, I'm very grateful that now starting a YouTube channel is a hell of a lot harder than it used yeah. to be. Um, so I'm kind of grateful for that in, in, <laughs> a, in a savage way. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've done the same on like Spotify and all that type of stuff. And um, yeah, so that that's kind of where we are. And we've seen like, you know, for example, Pets at Home, I think tried to launch some sort of podcast and uh, it seems like they gave up in October 
uh, and we're going very aggressively on podcasting, Relax My Dog, Relax My Cat, yeah. uh, a lot of content around that. Hopefully we'll monetize that in the future. Um, but yeah, I think from our, pers- but, you know, I'm very grateful that I'm able to do this for eight years, yeah. but I'm also not complacent, arrogant or cocky because I know this can disappear tomorrow yeah. with the right competitor. Yeah, uh, I can and my objective is to be paranoid and always work as hard as possible. So yeah. either I sell the business, uh, buy that, or I just continue to be grateful and count my blessings every day. I guess the hope there is, and again, I think that's great advice. I, th- I think the hope is there that because you have that laser focus, because you're fair, you know, that you care about the customer, you've got more of an interesting story. I think with you gaining press, you know, uh, you know, press interest than just basically being a business where you know, like you said, a Spotify, it's like, oh, we'll just whack up a playlist, or we're a big brand, we're doing it. Who really cares if you're the reader about that? But actually, if you are a business uh, like yourself, who's obviously got a you know, public face and you've got lots of fans already, it's great for you to kind of carry on that momentum as well. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I'm doing now is actually recently is, um, and this is definitely not scalable whatsoever, but I'm setting aside some time uh, where my team are just getting people to book in like events on Calendly, like, you know, fans, yeah. our hardcore fans. Yeah. And I'm having 45 minute calls with them. And um, yeah. like the stories you hear and all that stuff, like, uh, and how they're just the word of mouth and et cetera, et cetera. It's just like, it's fucking insane. Like, yeah. and it, it lights a fire under my ass to give me my, make my why stronger. Yeah. And yeah. I guess it lights a fire under their ass that, oh my God, I'm speaking to the CEO for 45 minutes. And he genuinely is a nice person. He cares, etc. And then they'll just tell even more people. Um, yeah. So just do, doing that, and it's just I'm just so grateful. Like you know, it's crazy. Like you know, as a brand, you know, when when does a CEO ever speak to their customers directly from a B two C perspective, even when they have millions yeah. of customers? Very rarely they do that. Exactly. I think you expect some kind of conference, you know, where it's like, you know, stage managed and whatever. Whereas I think that personal touch is is very helpful. But, you know, I think obviously the kind of, uh, you know, the total addressable market is is obviously so huge and people love their dogs and their cats and every other kind of animal. So it's a very shareable thing. It's one of those dinner party conversations, I guess. We've been talking about contagious and whatever, you know, that kind of startup book. And it's like, what will you discuss with friends that's going to create that incredible word of mouth? And actually, yes, it's things like this, you know, oh, your dog's got anxiety. Oh, your dog's feeling down. You know, your dog just needs to relax a bit more. Check out this. And, you know, it, it mushrooms from there. It shows that you really care. Um, final question on this as well, because, you know, like you, you've always come across a pretty chilled out kind of guy. But, you know, like as an entrepreneur, you know, like... Mm-hmm. How do you approach work-life balance? I mean, I know obviously you've been talking recently about building sustainable business and organic business, but you know, how do you take a step back and keep it all together? Because I guess some days you just think, holy shit, like you said, it could all end tomorrow, but you also have made incredible progress and you probably don't want to be too flippant and give it all up tomorrow. And what sort of things are you putting into your day-to-day to to give you a great work-life balance? You know, like, you know, again, you know, we've been talking about what success means, but... 
what are the things you're doing to keep yourself healthy, fit? You know, like, like what kind of, you know, are you doing to balance it all every day? Mm. Well, about six months ago, I got a life coach, so that was helpful. Um, okay. Online so or in now, real like, life? Working, or... working out every morning. Is that online um, or in real life? Or Well, he's he's uh, from England, but now he's in Mexico, so I guess it's just okay. a virtual life coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but... Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, work, working out every morning, uh, you know, just simple things like gratitude, mm. you know, just being grateful that you're like, you can breathe, you can walk, you can afford to eat, things like yeah. that, that really sets your mindset of, you know, the glasses are, glasses half full rather than half empty, uh, yeah. starting your day that way, um, it just puts you in a very good place. And then from there just yeah just keep just enjoying what you do and and being saying like not saying that every day is amazing or every day is perfect or whatever i definitely have my ups and downs i definitely mm. even now sometimes i feel like i just want to quit or to sell the business or whatever it is um but then just reframing your mindset that like wow this is amazing that you know even if you create a business that has an impact on like five people yeah just be grateful that oh shit like i created something that had an impact on five lives yeah. even if it was for like 10 minutes you know and then from there that just kind of brings you back in and, and brings you in into a place of sanity because you can see people obviously i look around i i would get jealous so-and-so's creator hundred million was a social chain created a two hundred million dollar business or whatever it is like I obviously I don't know yeah, exactly yeah. how much of that is press and how much of that is like you know real numbers and then looking at uh, looking at Gymshark for example billion dollar billion pound company that's and incredible the Gymshark story yeah and I'm like thirty three I'm gonna be thirty four and I've created a fifteen million pound company what the fuck like etc etc <laughs> but then. I just, you just need to rein it back and just kind of look at your path and where your genuine happiness is and also like knowing that this is the path you chose like you know look at Brent, ben francis i'm sure he works a hell of a lot harder than i do and that's yeah. why he's built a billion pound gym shark and that's why i've built a business that's worth 15 million because yeah. i've kind of worked in the path that i'm comfortable with because yeah. um, a lot of people a lot of people all they see is the success around like Gary Vaynerchuk working 100 hours a day <laughs> you know all this stuff and that's what they see success as whereas like it's okay to be a digital nomad and you make like three grand a month but your outgoings are a grand a month because you live in Mexico or yeah. wherever and if you're happy with that that's cool you know you don't need to be chasing something else so um yeah the, yeah there's ups and downs 100 percent. but just be present enjoy the mm. journey and be grateful I'm, for the small things I, i'm loving these chilled out vibes here man you know like you know again you know i, I start my day off with you know yoga and meditation every day and if i miss it you know I, i'm not as productive you know, I don't feel as switched on or focused. You know, those are the kind of things you have to build into your life. But again, you know, gratitude is such an important thing, I think, as well. Because 
just actually starting that out that you know no matter what happens to you on a daily basis having that gratitude is so kind of important so uh i'm pleased to know that that you know you've got that kind of bit balance in your life and you know i think having a life coach is a, is a good idea i think you know like once you get to a certain point like you do i think probably finding ways to keep it all together is so important so we're going to quickly now go into our rapid fire round, uh, which is our, our final stage, which is what we ask all our guests. And this is a great opportunity for you to, uh, you know, maybe just give us a little bit more details about kind of, you know, what, what some of your favorite things are in life. So you can make it as rapid as you want. You can kind of, you know, give us a little bit more kind of meat on the bones, if you will do as we go through it. But uh, I'll go through and obviously just get some, uh, get some answers from yourself. So who are your favorite entrepreneurs uh, in the world and why? There's only two because I had a huge impact on my life. One was um, obviously Tim Ferriss. Yeah. And uh, why? Because he was the one that obviously showed that you can build, be an entrepreneur and have a good lifestyle through yep. automation. And then the other one was Tony Shea, um, the founder of Zappos. And um, okay. which is, I was so sad because obviously I heard that he passed away like two or three months ago. But um his book was in incredible because it was all about customer service and that's how you know even though he was just selling shoes people were going to him because his, their customer service was incredible yeah and um yeah those are my two favorite entrepreneurs because those are the ones that have had uh impacts on me within my yeah. business well, you know what? I haven't got um, Tony Shea's book, but I'm going to pick it up now that you say that. You know, there's been some great suggestions from some of our guests in the past, so that's a good one. I always like it when people come up. Tim Ferriss, again, I've been a big fan for many years. I don't know if you've checked out his latest interview with, uh, you know, Guy Raz from uh, NPR. You know, he does How I Built This. I don't know if you ever listened to that podcast, mm. but it's it's a good one. It's uh, it's very accessible. But he actually interviews Tim Ferriss about his life, but. Uh, how I Built This is, is one of my favorite podcasts and uh, it's really weird to hear Tim Ferriss being interviewed about his kind of life, but it's worth checking out. Damn, I totally forgot about that. I used to follow that podcast. Thanks for reminding me. I used to listen to it. It was amazing. And um, there's yeah. another podcast called Business Wars. I don't know if you've heard of that. Do you know what? I did used to listen to that as well. I think I subscribed. But again, you know when you start listening to too many podcasts and then you have a million of them and, and let's me just tell yeah, everybody yeah. out there you know make sure that go solo show stays there uh, as one of your number one podcasts i listen to each week um but yeah i mean basically you're right i think business wars was good it's uh it's, it's good to be kind of reminded of these as well and um in life yeah, i mean whether I it's somebody this. you know or whether it's somebody who's just you know really far away yeah. who's probably been the most inspiring person that you know like you've been inspired by you know, it can either be the two of the guys you just mentioned or it can be, you know, someone else for personal reasons. I'd say a close friend of mine, actually, Edwin, because we started our business at the same time and yeah. his energy and positivity is so infectious. Um, I'll say, yeah, him. What business is it you run? It's called uh, Give Me Tap. It's um, it's a social enterprise where okay. he is, um, yeah, selling um, bottles to large corporates, and then in return, some of that money is going to building wells in Africa. So oh, you know, cool. it's kind of giving back 
but also his product is you know very sustainable in that yeah, way okay, cool. as well well i'll definitely make sure we link to that then from obviously the description in in today's uh, youtube podcast and everything as well um and obviously you mentioned um you know like podcasts and stuff which you've been interested in the past are there any kind of other favorite business books and online resources that you'd recommend to anybody who is really wants to start out as a great solo entrepreneur you know anything which probably is a good way to start them off on the right foot Do you know what? I've cut out a lot of education. I don't watch Gary Vee anymore. I don't watch <laughs> only anything entrepreneur related. Yeah. Like um, I listen to Business Wars for because it's written in a very entertaining way, and sometimes you can pick up some interesting things. But in all honesty, like my where I'm right now is around uh, books around meditation and mindfulness. Yeah. Uh, the one that I'm listening to right now is called The Untethered Soul. Um, so I'm listening to more stuff around just, I guess, mental-related things. But business-wise, you know, Gary Vee is cool, but he was cool at a certain time. Now it's just the same shit again and again and again. Yeah. It's just really trashy, so I don't listen to that anymore. Uh, I'll watch any of his stuff. Um, there's nothing out there in terms of entrepreneurial content that I have any interest in. Yeah. It's all around self-development and the mind. Yeah. Do you know what? The untethered soul is going on the list as well. So don't worry about that at all. We've had, uh, we, we have all sorts of abstract, uh, you know, like suggestions. And this is a good thing because I don't want it to just be the same books every time, you know, like, uh, you know, like read the, uh, you know, Eric Rees or whatever, which again can be great books, you know, amazing philosophy, yeah. stuff like that. But if everybody has the same books, that that yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we have the same books every week, then, you know, like it's, it gets a pretty boring list. So, you know, we're always got a few outliers, which is, which is what I really like. Um, Again, again, this is rapid fire, but if there was one thing that you could do every single day to help grow your business, and that was the only one thing you could do, what would be it? Would I do that on myself or my business? I mean, probably for your business, yeah, to make it grow. One thing I'd do to, for my business every day to make it grow. Hmm, that's a difficult one actually. We can always come back if, if, if I, you want I was to do perfectly. one thing every day, I'd say, like, it, it wouldn't be on my business, but it'd be more on myself, which would help on my business. So I'd, you know, yep. like do meditation. Like, I'm not yeah. as strict as I should be on that. But when I yeah. do meditate every day, that then allows me to think about my business in a very clear way. Like, you know, being strict with my, even my morning routine in terms of working out, like I work out while my effort right now is like 60, 70%. Um, so if I was a hundred percent on my workout, hundred percent on my meditation, I feel like definitely I'd be in a clearer mind to then be in a good position uh, to yeah. grow the business a lot faster because then that would make me, basically my thing is that, um, it's efficiency. I feel like I can be a lot more efficient than what I am right now. Yeah. And then that opens up a whole area of, of growing the business. 
I agree. I just thought I mentioned it before, but I think you've really got to set yourself up for that. And, you know, if, if only there was a way, there probably will be in 50 years time where we reprogram our brains and we just, you know, press a button and we're set to meditate every day or something. But it as a thing which you can do if you could do 20 minutes every morning. I, you know, honestly, it just there, gets there the There is a way to going. reprogram your brain, actually. Is this a uh, Musk idea or Elon Musk? No, go cool to Peru and do ayahuasca. <laughs> so I believe I keep reading about this, and uh, you know, it might be one of these. Uh, it might be one of these things that we have to revisit here on the Go Solo Show. Um, have you done it yourself at all, or? No, no, but I've watched. I've heard about it, and I've watched loads of documentaries about it. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. Like in terms of, obviously, it, it can be actually quite a mentally painful experience as well. But apparently, it's a way of re resetting your brain, yeah. um, and there's there's loads around it actually. It's because it's like um, what's the best way to describe it? It's got, the best way to describe it is like you know, say you're skiing, you know, you, there's a mountain and you're skiing down, and more and more people ski down, and eventually you end up creating grooves, and then yeah. you start skiing down those grooves. So like, if you have negative thoughts, basically, you know, your brain is creating like strong conditions around those negative thoughts. Yeah. Whereas ayahuasca, the ayahuasca experience is just like fresh snow and then you can recreate grooves uh, yeah, a yeah. new way of thinking. Um, wow. That's the best way it's been described. But I've never done I'm actually quite scared about doing it because I've heard it's very, very intense. But uh, It sounds uh, like that movie, it and then... it, Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I remember that years ago with Jim Carrey, like a kind of that movie, and I think it was all about clearing and starting again. So now I haven't got quite deep into it. I did go to a cacao ceremony, which is a bit kind of entrepreneur stroke hipster of me. I know to mention that now, but I went to that a few a few weeks ago and that was really enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, some people were already discussing that at this uh, cacao ceremony I went to. So uh, I, 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 if you go to it, let me know. I'd like to uh, uh, dig deep with you uh, before and after that as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to get... take, take it baby steps. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, definitely baby steps. So maybe the cacao ceremony might be the best step for me first. I'll share some details with you. I'll share some details with you. But yeah, maybe that's one of those things you do when you fully exit and you are uh, and you feel like, you know, what, what am I trying to do with the exactly. next stage of your life as well? So you don't seem like me. You don't seem to strike me as somebody who looks back on life. Um, but, you know, through your business life, it could be, you know, current business. It could be ones in your past. If there was one thing that maybe you would just do differently, what would, you know, what potentially would that be? You know, the, you know, it could, again, it could be a learning where you've gone, oh, actually, I've learned such a big thing from doing that, that actually it was a good thing that happened. But what would say one thing that's maybe come up in the past that you think, shit, I really wish I'd kind of done that in a different way? Maybe to not have gone, actually, no. To be honest, I'm glad, like, everything that I did and the mistakes yeah. that I made, or else I wouldn't have learned what I needed to learn now. So there's nothing I would change. Nothing at all? Nothing at all. Literally cool. nothing. This is good. This is good. Wow. This has gone down a much more kind of hippie-ish kind of trippy route than we expected today. But this is a good thing. You know, this <laughs> this is why we're doing it. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, we're, 
we're all about more about the person than the vision for a massive business because like you said before it's a case of balancing yourself as a person especially for solo entrepreneurs it's a lot of it is keeping it together and working on yourself to, to, to grow your business as well um we've talked about this but you know like this is probably soundbite territory now so let's just put it on the spot if somebody said to you oh man like what ultimately does success mean to you as an entrepreneur? What would you basically say it would be if you could sum it up? Freedom. One word. Freedom. Okay. I like one one word. This is good, actually. I'm going to use that now, actually, for one of our video clips. This could definitely be put in there. But you're right. Freedom is, is so important, actually, and actually being you know fairly autonomous as well in your life. For those people out there who are thinking of starting a business... Um, you know, I'm thinking about going solo, you know, what advice would you give to them? Um, you know, like the, based on, based on your own life. At least you just go for it on the other side of fear is greatness. Simple yeah. as that. And, and, and fear isn't what it's cracked up to be. So yeah. do it now before I guess the anxiety kind of builds up. I'd say just do it. Just do it. Damn, I would patent that if only Nike hadn't stole it before. But, you know, I'm going to have exactly, to. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would have been my caption <laughs> or hashtag for the whole business. But uh, I think we might need to uh, I might need to think that. But but it's kind of true, you know, really, it's a case of getting on. Yeah. I, I read this quote and it was something like the um, you know, the right time to plant a tree was 10 years ago or something. But the second best time to do it is today. Mm. So I guess that kind of ties into that really being, you know, one of the most important things to do. And really just one of the final questions we've had, you know, what's your kind of vision for your business over the next few years? Do you see a way to, you know, diversify your offering? Have you thought about maybe going into other areas or, you know, like, or do you want to keep streamlined? You know, where, where's your vision going in the next few years? Right. In all honesty, like I look at my business every six months. Um, yeah. I don't look at any beyond that. So in six months, all I want to do is just like look at doubling my numbers compared to what I did in 2020 yeah. uh, on YouTube, on every music streaming service, and then just kind of grow the subscription side. Um, we are looking at doing a bit more merch. So we will look at expanding a merch line. Yep. But that's it. I don't want to be too spread out and too diluted. I just want to double down on everything that we do really well and just take a six months at a time. Um, and, you know, as we continue doing it, just making it more difficult for people to compete against us. Yeah. It's, it's literally as simple and as focused as that. That's true. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like you said, it's always being aware of what the competition are doing as well. And like you said, I think you were saying before, it kind of keeps mm. you keeps you motivated that you have to adapt and not rest on your laurels. Final question. Um, what is your favorite stream that, you know, like what's your favorite video? I know I find your music quite melodic, you know, forget just for the cats. I find it pretty puts me to, you know, chill out zone as well. What's your kind of you know, favorite favorite video that you've that you've maybe made over the years? Um, I'd say like it's difficult, isn't it? We have like loads of videos. Um, what do I find uh, relaxing? I like watching Relax My Dog TV. There's a lot yeah. of interesting things on that. Like virtual beach walks is very trippy because it's color graded, yeah. um, and you know the music and all that type of stuff. So. I love watching Relax My Dog TV. Uh, some of the things we have on our other channel, which is for humans, is like a, 
is a really good virtual, like not virtual, but like 3D animated fireplace footage is so yeah. relaxing. Um, so we've done stuff like that. Uh, what else is there? And then just just the old stuff, like back in 2012. But I think because it has a lot of memories attached to it, yeah, as well. That well, I like, I like kind of going back to. Yeah, I remember a. Uh, I remember actually when lockdown one hit. You know, the, the first one. You know, back at the start of last year, and it was very much kind of, uh, you know, getting really nice beach footage up on the TV or whatever. <laughs> relax way just some kind of colors of blue skies and blue sea and stuff like that you know something to chill you out so i might have to start revisiting that again we'll see how 2021 goes as well so uh cool well do you know what i've really enjoyed chatting today um you know i think there's so much here which is going to inspire entrepreneurs to you know get started on their business to run it in an efficient way um and also hopefully lead to that growth which will get it to where you're at you know i think it's incredible to think that, like you said, you set out as a side project for Music for Pets, but now it's a £15 million business. You know, you built a global company and obviously you're very much aware about what it takes to kind of, you know, keep that momentum going. Um, please can you remind everybody where they can find you? You know, like where would you like to point people to? What, what's your website and social addresses? Uh, yeah, just relax my dog, relax my cat. Uh, find it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, but yeah, just uh, check it on YouTube if you've got a pet. Amazing. Thanks very much, Oman from Music for Pets. Thanks for taking the time to meet us today, and uh, here's to a successful future ahead. Cheers. Yeah, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit. We hope you've had a great time and picked up many new ideas for your own business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at team underscore go solo. If you're inspired to get started on your own enterprise yourself, then check us out at subkit.com. We're here for whenever you're ready. I've been Johnny Quirk, and until next time, keep winning.